Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi guys, today we're speaking with Lara Kalaf, whose inspiring story starts in Syria and eventually leads her to a life she splits between Madrid and Spain and London in the UK as a female business coach. Far from a typical business coach, Lara teaches femininity, consciousness, leadership, and empowers women to be better leaders and let their businesses thrive. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Lara, where are you calling in from? I'm in London right now. I am very rarely jealous because I live in Sydney right now. <laughs> I am very rarely jealous yeah. of, of someone else's location, but that sounds like a pretty good mix there. Um, Do you know, I, I would love to say that it is. So I, will, I would love to share with you um, the reasons. Um, sometimes it's not as it appears. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So tell us your story. So yeah. did you, are you from Spain originally? So I was born in Syria, oh, wow. uh, and uh, to yeah, my father is uh, Middle Eastern, my mother is Spanish, and I lived in the in Syria in the Middle East up to the age of fourteen or fifteen until my parents decided that uh, it was time to to move to Europe. Yeah. And now it was, um, or in hindsight, that was a great decision that they made. Uh, yeah. Back then, it wasn't, um, but uh, of course it was. And and the reasons is because. My, fa- my family, my parents wanted to provide us with the, with the best options that, that, that they could provide us, especially yeah. for, for the girls, for my sister and I. What was it like growing yeah. up there? Do you remember your, your childhood in Syria? I do. I do remember the. I would say from the outside, it was perfect. Um, uh, we lived uh, in, in very comfortable surroundings. We had a very comfortable uh, lifestyle, mm. and I say it on the outside because on the inside, of course, as many women, as many girls, uh, um, I've had traumas, um, and those traumas stayed with me until uh, um, until a few years ago. In fact. Um, that uh, affected my, my my life greatly. So I would love to say that it was um, a beautiful uh, childhood. It was in many, many, many senses, but that did not uh, mean that it was perfect. There was uh, quite traumatic experiences, especially related to um, sexual harassment. Oh, I'm so Oi. sorry to hear that. Yeah. At, age, yeah, yeah. at, at but, such a young mm-hmm. age as well. Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, now I see that, uh, and I've done gone through all my healing and everything else, and mm-hmm. and and of course I forgave whatever happens and has allowed me to to be stronger. But of course, that has taken me years to realize that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, but it was it was dense from that perspective. It was dense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so your family relocated um, when you were fourteen, and then where did you move to? 
Yes, we went to Spain. We went to Madrid. Uh, this is where my family are now. And uh, for me, it was a liberation to go to Spain, especially after everything that I was, in fact, in my heart, I was leaving in, in from the Middle East. I was excited to to start a new chapter in my life. And, and that's where I started my healing process. And I stayed there up to the age of 25 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, from the age of 16, I was already involved in business with my, with my dad. He's wow. got uh, um, different businesses, exactly, in the medical industry. So I was involved at a very young age with that, and he became my first mentor. But of course, I'm still very grateful for everything that he has taught me. Oh wow! So did you? So yeah. did you go to university, or did you leave school and then start your like yeah. working in the business of him? Everything was together. Yeah, I was studying at university. I was working in his business, and I was also doing events management. So, wow. so, um, and and dating, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had to do everything. Um, <laughs> yes. So I did everything. And, and when was it? Yeah, when I finished university, exactly when I was 23, 24. That's when um, I, I wanted to live in adventure, ladies. That is the truth of the matter. Of course, mm. I couldn't just say to my family, "I'm I'm going." you know, to live an adventure, I had to give them a good reason in relation to to studying the language because one of the challenges I had when I came to the UK is that I did not speak the language. I knew how to say, hello, how are you? I love you. Hoping that one day I might use that sentence, you know, (laughs) but but I haven't used it yet. You know, I had hope that that, that, (laughs) to use it past Valentine's, but it it didn't happen. Anyways, um, so... um, yeah, that was a story. Yes, yes. And when I came to the UK, I, I, yes, I had many challenges again because I didn't speak the language. Mm-hmm. And I started from scratch, started from scratch, working in a fish and chip restaurant yeah. and literally making yeah my way up uh, as I could uh, in the corporate world. And uh, my first job in the corporate world in the UK was as a receptionist in one of these big uh, buildings in the city. Yeah. And I was so overwhelmed, you know. I remember looking at people in the city. Everyone was wearing black suits and rushing around. And, so and I'm like, this is too... <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the, the energy was so, exactly, very harsh energy. And I said, this is, I'm quitting. I can't deal with this, you know. This, yeah. is, uh, this is not my, it was too much for me. Luckily, I didn't. And uh, literally every six to eight months, I was getting um, different promotions until the um, the director of the company back then said, Lara, I'm leaving. I want you to apply for the job. And and I got thinking, is he crazy, this man? Is is, is it as easy as that? But it was as easy as that. And this is when I, I learned a very, is that right? I learned a very valuable lesson that if somebody believes in you more than you believe in yourself, allow them. I love them. Yeah. So wait, I need to rewind a a, a little bit. Firstly, I want to know why you wanted to go to the UK because I've left the UK and I just find it really Mm. interesting when people want to move there because for me, it's like, there's a place of opportunity, but it's a very like grey and rainy country. Mm. Um, (laughs) What was it about the UK? Sylvia's a snob. Let's just get that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Is that the reason? Can I I, I reverse the interview? I want to know why you you went to Australia. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I left Australia because I wanted like sunnier, happier climate. But yeah, I'm just, what, yeah. what was it about the UK that you thought, this is where I really want to go on an adventure to? 
Yes, um, well, I, there was a reason behind it. I mean, I needed to learn the language um, mm-hmm. and I needed to, yeah, that was the reason. So I, I, I looked at different options. The US it was a too far option for me. I, I wanted somewhere where I could uh, be close to my family still mm-hmm. and fulfill that, um, that um, yeah, that, that opportunity, that goal. Yeah, and cool. uh, that, I mean, I was meant to be coming here for a few months, uh, wishing and hoping that I could learn the language in eight months in a year which wasn't the case and 14 years on and I'm still here still so here. wow so this country has treated me very well yeah yeah and that's so that's the other thing like obviously you, you worked your way up through from starting out as a receptionist what roles were you doing in this company to get yourself up to the point mm. where you're the director Yes, um, so I was working um, as a receptionist, then a team leader, then reception manager, um, and that's how I, I became the head of operations of the organization. That was literally the uh, the path. Wow, mm. that's awesome. Mm. So obviously in this it time was, was. you'd learned to speak English um, very well. Mm-hmm. What was the kind of biggest challenge for you when you did get to the head of operations? Did you find, mm-hmm. like, was it like managing a team or how did you find that challenge? Yes, managing the team, of course, and, and luckily I had uh, mentors that supported me so much, and that's when the company provided me with a great gift of being uh, of having an executive coach back then, yes. who allowed me to transition into into this role. So coaching for me was uh, absolutely key, and of course, when it comes to people management, and I, ladies, I was coming from a background where, uh, or I, uh, my leadership style was very much like, you should be. You should be grateful that you have a job. If you don't like it, that's the door oh, man. kind of thing, right? Oh, man. Of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, of course, I had to relearn that that is not the leadership style that, that you know, that was actually congruent with who I was actually mm. as, a, as a person, as a woman. So, um, uh, yeah, that was a great starting point to really learn the the uh, how to engage with team, how to how to how to create the vision, how to uh, write the strategy. So all that that was done, and to the extent that it was, it, we were a small company, but it was so wonderful and beautiful because you know sometimes the managers will come on a Saturday over pizzas to head office so we could write the strategy of the company, yeah. right? Because. We were all young and so wanting for the company to succeed. Yeah. You know, that's interesting that you say that. You're the only, I think, uh, female manager I know who's who's ever said that, um, that you had a too hard line of an approach, you know, um, as a people manager. I actually found I'm like the complete opposite. Like, I'm like empathetic to a fault where... <laughs> You know, sometimes like I've had uh, I've actually had somebody who reported to me say, "Not nah, I never know when you're mad about something or I never know when you're disappointed because <laughs> you say it and then you like make a joke to make me feel comfortable or what, wherever, whatever reason that you're doing it. But like I, I wouldn't be upset if you were more of a jerk sometimes so that I knew. You know, and yeah. that's a really weird thing to say. Not but even, it's not even being a jerk; it's just being direct. Yeah. yeah. Well, he said jerk. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting, like how we have these natural styles. And I think what you said is key. Whether you're mm. building a business and you're the founder and boss, or you're, you know, in any part of your career, having that coach and like being really open mm-hmm. is really key to success. You can't do it without it. 
It was it was for me for sure, and and uh, all the interpersonal and and issues that I had as well with other people, and uh, ultimately I was on my own in a country that it wasn't mine that I was yeah. ad- I'm still adopted. So yeah. so there were a lot of pressures from that perspective. But I have to say something, ladies, that I've never ever felt that because I was a woman or I was not a national that that was um, a problem for me. I knew that I had an issue, an issue is that I could not speak the language, and once I learned that uh, this is it i i never felt that because i wasn't from from um, uh, from the uk i wasn't born here or because i was a woman that has stopped me from achieving my goals for sure not yeah I think that's one of the really great things about the uk it's such a multicultural society and like women um like, you know I, I always found that between australia and the uk i felt like the uk is kind of less misogynist um, really you know, yeah yeah um but that was one of the biggest shocks that i had when i moved here um and i think the uk is obviously a great place for that and it's that's amazing so i came to australia from the u.s and i was like there's no misogyny here (laughs) 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 you know what i mean (laughs) like it just depends it depends on perspective I i think it also obviously must depend on who you first meet and work with as well so that's really awesome that you you're in this company where you never felt held back and never had anyone like putting any restrictions on you. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I want to talk about, you talk about conscious coaching versus business coaching. Mm. Can -hmm. you explain what that means and how you practice it? Of course, of course, love. Actually, let me before we we get dive into that. So, so I stayed ten years, a little bit more than ten years in the corporate world mm-hmm. until again I had different positions and and it was really truly wonderful. All the experiences until approximately five years ago, I decided that there was something in my heart that I, I was not in alignment anymore with, with what I was doing and I needed a new way to express being of service. And this is when I got myself into what I do now, which is the world of coaching and the world of personal empowerment and, and self-mastery. Um, so just, just the background um, of, of that. So what is the difference between business coaching and conscious coaching? Now, if I was to consider the work that I do, um, if it was to come under the umbrella of business coaching, mm-hmm. then I would say... Um, um, it's the, uh, ideally what we want is conscious business coaching, mm. right? Conscious business coaching. What do I mean by that? Um, a, a conscious business is a business in which operates from a balanced masculine and feminine energy. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we have in the Western world, at least, you know, we've got this this kind of obsession that, you know, gender equality, gender equality, gender equality. Yeah. Where I'd, I'd say, whoa, 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 let's stop there for a second. What we need actually is energy equality. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So what we need is the, the energy of the feminine to show up in in. Uh, in, in, at least in the Western world, right? I mean, this is my philosophy. Look, that, that the world has been designed by men and for men. Mm-hmm. Women, we had to step into the workplace and we had to find our way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in, we in had that to find environment. Our way. Yeah, yeah. Culture emotion must be assertive. Uh, yeah, don't find, cry at work. If yeah. you have to cry, go outside. That's actually a book I read and, yeah. and really took to heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Climb mm-hmm. on top of people to get to the mm-hmm. top. That's a real kind of like masculine driving force energy, isn't it? 
addressing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And not only from, from a masculine perspective, there's also called shadow masculine perspective, right? Okay. So, so that's we're going now like way deeper than that. And that when we talk about shadow masculine, for example, shadow feminine, it means it's the unhealed part of us. Like, I'll tell you, ladies, that when I was in the corporate world, uh, my, um, my, my driver, the energy that was driving me was the masculine energy. Mm, yeah. Which was great, by the way, ladies. It was absolutely stunning. Why is that? Because it allowed me to achieve things mm -hmm. yeah. that maybe otherwise I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one. Number two, I had a, a second driver, and my driver is that I wanted to make my dad feel proud. Yes. God, I feel that so much. Go ahead. Right? <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> exactly. So, so, um, and it was so wonderful. Again, that that driver was stunning until I realized that that driver was not sustainable. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing that for a per for my parents, uh, but, but in reality, where am I? When am I going to do that for me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for the, Lara, I am proud of you, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Which, because of, of, of my parents' communication style, they've never exactly said, Lara, I am proud of you. They said it in many ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you can't right? base your accomplishments on anyone else's opinion, even your parents. Exactly. You know? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as much as, you know, they've done so much for us, of course, our parents come with their own limitations. Of course, our parents come from with their own traumas as well, that mm -hmm. if they haven't healed, they are passing those traumas into their children. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then what happens if I haven't healed that? So my driver in business, and this is a very important point, I am sure so many of your women and ladies will be, will be, um, will, will, uh, will resonate with that, that I was leading my business for love and not from love. Okay. Huh. What do I mean by that? I was leading my business for love. I, I was a people pleaser. Mm. I needed people's validations. Yeah. I, perfectionism. Gotcha. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, would, I needed that. If I didn't get that feedback, I would work like um, long hours to get things, you know, this how they're supposed to be. Yeah. Burned out came at the back of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you do that, you like the positive feedback that you get? If you're if you're doing it mm -hmm. to receive love, right, mm -hmm. or to receive praise. validation, mm. praise, etc., like when you get positive feedback, like holy shit, you're on the top of the world, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But exactly. then when you get exactly. negative feedback, it's like you can't sleep, you can't eat, you're like just going around and around on this negative feedback, mm. and you can't. Mm -hmm. Or when you mess up, because everybody messes up. Like that's we're human beings, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that can be a really toxic and, and horrible, hard thing. So this kind of like driving, go-getting, assertive energy is like the masculine energy where you're wanting to, you know, achieve, achieve, achieve. How do you then mm -hmm. tap into feminine energy? What's the kind of counter of that? And how does that work in business? Beautiful question, beautiful question. So when we were talking earlier on about conscious business and when we were talking about a balance between a feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not know what feminine energy was until I started my own business on my own three years ago. Okay. Hmm. 
right? Until three years ago, when all of a sudden I came out of the of um, of the, the environment of, of corporate, <laughs> exactly of, of the masculine, high masculine, and uh, and I started tapping into that feminine that that it was new to me. All of a sudden. Um, yeah, it was more connected. How did I do that? Now, I am very cautious as well, ladies, of of, uh, of not describing too much what feminine energy really is. Mm-hmm. But, but I could tell you how to tap into it. And I'll tell you why. Because I do not wish that my words will be uh, impacting somebody in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But what I would like is the way I experience femininity, for example, I started to listen to my body. Yeah. I decided to find my joy. Right. Okay. I tapped into my creativity. Mm-hmm. I I said, what is my body capable of doing mm-hmm. that that perhaps before I was neglecting? Yeah. Let's talk about periods. Yeah. Let's okay. talk about our menstrual cycles. Yeah. How many women are in tune with their menstrual cycles? How many women, their first reaction when they get their cycle is, oh, Jesus Christ. Is <laughs> not the right time. Everyone or I know. So, ex- ah, interesting. The reaction can so be even harder when you don't get it, and then you're like, "Oh man!" Right? That's a different conversation, maybe. That's a different conversation. And here we are but preparing point, to push a human out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. So you said I have the capability of pushing. I've created life within you. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that right? Like how beautiful yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. And um, so, and, uh, so that's how I, st- exactly. And that's how I started tapping into my feminine. I started charting my period. Uh-huh. Let's see what's, what's, what's going on with me on a literally daily basis. Yeah. What is my mood like? I mean, I've in business was sold and trained up to again. And recently I had this realization, I'm talking a few months ago, that um, consistency was key. Consistency was key. Yes, consistency is key in certain aspects of business. But to tell a woman to be consistent where we are consistently inconsistent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, um, no, I'm not saying that that uh, that I have the luxury as as a female founder to work around my lunar calendar, to work around my hormonal calendar. Mm-hmm. If I know that, uh, if I, I expect my period to come certain days, so I make sure that I, I um, that that time is is protected. So you, um, so you don't have any a, meetings during that time? Or? No, no, okay. no, no. I, oh, I minimize it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about that? I have a friend, um, and she's really into spiritual healing and all of that stuff, but she runs a retreat. Um, she owns a business and runs a retreat in the mountains of Romania. And she once said to me that she believed women were more intuitive during their period um, and more in tune with what was actually going on. Like you had a heightened level of awareness. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And so she would actually advocate for like making decisions or reconsidering decisions, you know, when we yeah. talked about it during your period you know, or really mm-hmm. following your heart during your period. I've heard that um, when you're ovulating is when you have the most abundance of energy and huh. um, so like the kind of opposite of like, well, not like the opposite of that, but uh-huh. your cycle affects your kind of energy levels and and how much you can like seek to achieve so when you're ovulating you're like yes go get in yeah. and then you're on your period it's Confidence. more like a like yeah. a karma like 
slow down, mm-hmm. rethink things. Maybe that's. Do you think? Do you know what I think is really interesting about this too? Is that instead of like like we're celebrating it and analyzing the positives of it, mm-hmm. instead of like pretending it doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like there is a reason. Yes. that it happens. There are mm-hmm. benefits that that. Um, human beings who have periods could see in it, right? Other than just creating life, of course, that's an incredible benefit. But if you see it as, hey, during that week when I'm more highly sensitive, Mm -hmm. I notice things that I don't typically notice, Mm -hmm. you know, and in other weeks of the month. So like, let's use that. superpower. Yeah, let's use that. Yeah. And it's always been this thing that's like, oh, you're on your period, you can't do stuff. Yeah. Or I'm more creative. You know, I'm more creative, so I'm going to use, I like to write poetry or I like to paint or whatever. And I'm going to, like that week, dedicate some time to those hobbies or whatever. Like just seeing it as a positive and seeing it as an an asset to be a woman. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Stunning, stunning. Yeah. And and, uh, listening to you ladies, what I've realized is that two women, two different women means two different cycles, right? What is right for one might not be right for another. Mm. When you have heightened energy, maybe another person might not have, might be feeling something different. So that's why it's so important. And I hope and I wish that the ladies um, listening to us, our listeners, that they take this on board. And by the way, of course, if they are are on the menstrual cycle, and of course, there are different um, uh, stages to womanhood. And one of the books I would like to recommend, uh, there are many books actually that are out there. One of them is called The Female Brain. Mm -hmm. The Female Brain. And, And this is a beautiful book that also will help us um, this doesn't it doesn't only focus on our menstrual cycles no actually there are other books that um, that do that but with the female brain it helps us understand from a neurological perspective and a physical perspective what happens to us during the di- different stages of our womanhood okay okay beautiful which is very important as well for for yeah for, for yeah. women to to be in tune with our bodies yes yeah and that's how this is how we get in, in touch with our femininity i'll tell you another example over the last few days i was very much in my masculine i was teaching and running workshops and i could feel that energy building up right and i needed i needed the masculine energy to do that work yeah i needed once i finished uh, to bring balance i needed to to tap into that feminine energy Mm-hmm. And that's how 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 I could sustain myself with both masculine energy and feminine. Yeah, so that's the energy balance that you mentioned earlier when exactly. we first started talking about this. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. We yes, we've ma'am. talked about how we tap into our masculine and then our feminine energy is based on our cycle. But what about men? Because they have their mm-hmm. masculine energy, but surely they can also tap into feminine energy, but then that's not based For on sure. the cycle. So what mm-hmm. is feminine energy? If you're not right, someone who menstruates, yeah, how do they tap yeah. into it? Like, whether mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if they can't like sit there mm-hmm. and analyze, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right, how yeah. do they tap into so, it? So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, one way of of uh, of tapping into feminine is through the menstrual cycle, right? It's another is understanding what my body is capable of doing, right? Mm. Now, if we start from a uh, from the belief or the understanding, is a belief more than anything that we both have the masculine and feminine energy within us. Of course, men have masculine energy within them. Of course, yes. How can they tap into that from a more conscious perspective? Um, they, of course, they have to, first, they need to see the relationship that they had with their parents, right? What were the role models that they had in which they have learned how to be a man and how to potentially um, discard that feminine um, energy, 
Um, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm explaining myself where here, but first is we have to understand what is the relationship and what was the impact that our parents or our carers in this case mm-hmm. uh, have um, uh, have had uh, in our lives. Mm. So that's a, a good way to start. Because that's an interesting point is that it's for women to tap into the masculine is almost seen like good, successful, a driving force, but for men to tap into their femininity of a man historically and culturally will be like, oh, you throw like a girl, like it's an Mm. insult. Or, oh, you're such a sissy. Like that's like being Mm. soft and feminine is in some way less manly and and less desirable and strong. And I think Mm. we're in the middle of a very interesting and timely and like, thank God it's here, shift in how we (laughs) Mm -hmm. think about femininity um in the context of being male and female and the fact that it's it's as it's as equal in energy as it is to be masculine so that's Mm -hmm. so true Mm -hmm. like when you think about how did your parents raise you did they say stuff to you like don't be such a girl yeah because if you're saying things like that to a man he's going to grow up thinking that that is a negative thing to be able to tap into Mm -hmm. do you know what though women like in our generation especially talk a lot about how we were punished for for portraying masculine traits like Mm. bossy when you start being um decisive and sort of like that kind of stuff so there is i mean what do you think about that do you think um with your conscious business consulting do you think that this more people are woke to this every day you know more people are yes. are recognizing the value yeah mm-hmm. well i specialize in uh, with working uh, in working with women right so yeah. that is where i put most of my energy with uh, all of my energy and okay. um, actually before i answer this question um, going back so for example how can a band tap into their feminine i see that in my dad when he um, when he um, taps into his creativity are we saying that men are not creative? Of course they are creative. Yeah. Of course they are creative. Are we saying that, um, for example, how did I tap into my feminine yesterday? I had to relax. Mm-hmm. I had to relax. And literally for me, what worked, it might not work for other people, I needed to stop and literally do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I did it myself. Surrender. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the, that the word. Mm-hmm. So oh. can a man surrender? Of course it can surrender. I want to surrender for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I need a week of surrender. <laughs> Just tapping into your feminine yeah. dollar. <laughs> I'm creating another human exactly. right now. How Sorry, much more cut fun? right now. Yeah. Doing feminine energy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't talk right now. Doing feminine energy shit instead of hot girl shit. That is, that is actually amazing, Sylvie. <laughs> But the beauty here is about knowing when to tap in and out of it, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, this is a personal philosophy. Again, I haven't dived much into the masculine. Uh, they are, because I, obviously I'm not a man. I don't, I don't you know, I don't, I don't know what's really happening there. Um, I have some notion, uh, some, some idea of, of, what, of what happens, of course, as part of my role. Um, but there are men, there are groups of men that help men. And this is a beauty. I feel that groups of men will help men, groups of women will help women. And then once we've done the healing, once we've done the work that we needed to do, then let's talk about that, this aspiration that, that the world has for, for, 
for, for, for men and women. But what happens is that both of us were so traumatized that we, we, we'd uh, of course, I'm generalizing here, right? I'm generalizing that when we get into the workplace, when we get into businesses, we, we, we've, we're lost, we're lost. I mean, are we saying that emotions are, is only for women? Are we saying that men don't yeah. feel emotions? I mean, what yeah. kind of nonsense is that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, mm. yeah. Mm. Lovely. Well, so how do you, I just want to talk about the business really quickly. So how do you mm. find clients? How do you... Um, how do you work with clients? How did you set up the actual consulting business? Yes, the uh, the consulting business uh, it was set up uh, as part of my purpose, and that is to be with my family, so I could have the the ability and the flexibility of going back and forth to Madrid. So I'm not bound only to to be here in the UK. So. Uh, it's true that when I started the business, I had really big ambition. I was I had a global vision until my uh, my mother fell sick and, and she's got dementia. And that literally shifted my entire vision for the business to the extent that um, it was, a, it was a, a driver for me. Where it was what was important for me back then, it was not after fi- finding out what, what happened. Um, so... So that was the foundation of it. I, I needed. I wanted a business that number one, it would help me to to fulfill a soul mission. This is a mission, um, the work that I do, and it happens that I get paid for it, right? But it's 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 so much bigger than myself, and also it will help me to to be with my family. So that is where I'm constantly ba- um, um, balancing that. Mm-hmm. How do I get my clients? We've got social media that I use. Um, I, back in the days when we used to do speaking engagements and we get on on stage, so that was more from from that perspective. And current and I have uh, my network uh, that um, um, that I tap into and I. Um, invite them to 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 know what i do and if things work out um, then of course we start um, uh, another relationship and, and word of mouth as well has been working very well for me yeah awesome. beautiful that's amazing yeah i hear we hear a lot of word of mouth a lot of word of mouth um yeah Wonderful. Well, is there any other piece of advice that you'd like to give out there for women business owners who maybe have been overdoing the masculine, feel like they've been going, 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 um, you know, if they wanted to tap more into their feminine energy and use the, mm-hmm. that in their business or to yes. drive their business, what would be your first piece of advice other than what you've already mentioned? I would say heal. Okay. Heal. Heal. An unhealed woman is a disempowered woman. Gotcha. Oof. That right. is a heavy statement. Mm. An unhealed mm. woman is a disempowered woman. I feel that, girl. I feel exactly. it in my soul. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the, the key work is to do the inner work. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Well, I, that is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, this yeah, is such an interesting topic. You know, we get a lot of people talking about the search for equality and all of that stuff, but you're the first guest we've had that said, you know, I'm more focused on ra- raising feminine energy specifically than, than looking for equality necessarily. So mm-hmm. that is a really mm-hmm. interesting perspective. Um, I'm just learning about this topic, <laughs> you know, feminine energy. And and- yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. and there are so many resources out online as well on how yeah. to 
again how to tap to both but for sure the the one of the key visions of my business is how to bring back the feminine energy in business so we have ultimately that equality that we all aspire to be in my opinion we're not there yet at all from an energetic perspective yeah beautiful so if anyone wants to hear more from lara you do have a podcast that you've recently started so do you want to share where um, people can hear that Absolutely. It's called She Who Rises Up. She Who Rises Up. And um, our mission is to, I do it with my best friend, and our mission is to empower, uplift and elevate women through unifying business, femininity and consciousness. And uh, we started literally today, we, we released our third episode. So we're still baby in the world of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the way we do it, it's 30 minutes conversations. We literally pick an oracle card. Uh, and then uh, we don't we, we don't prepare the conversations at all, and we start talking about it. Then whatever insights come through, we 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 talk about it. And uh, so yeah, we pick the card. We say this is what we're going to talk about. We hit the record button and we start. Um, so we do it for us because at the at, at the back of that we're like you know that was a great advice for ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> and of course that's what happens that we we you do it for you, then then that goes to the world. Exciting. So. Oh well. Um, if anyone wants to listen to that She Who Rises Up is on Spotify Um, thank you so much Lara it was really really interesting to talk to you there's lots of food for thought Um, I'm going to be tapping into my energy feminine energy for the rest of the year beautiful (laughs) thank you thank you thank you thank you ladies for having me thank you so much chat soon bye 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 this podcast was brought to you by invoice to go we're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%. Listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.